listening to the DSW Podcast with James Ledger. Right, so, welcome back to the Disabilities for Wales Podcast with me, James Ledger. What a show we have today. We're going to be discussing all things Commonwealth Games and what a games it was. My guest today is a legend of parasport and he's the newly crowned Commonwealth Games champion. My guest is Alid Sean Davis. How are you doing, Al? Hi, mate. How are you? Thank you for that kind introduction. <laughs> hey, mate, it's so true. You're, you know, you're an absolute legend of, of, of the game and uh, I'm so excited to have you on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. Awesome, mate. So for those who, who don't know you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so my name is Ali Sean Davis. Um, I'm a para-athlete competing in um, the F42, F63 category in discus and shot put. Amazing. So, Al, you know, for those who don't know, you are now the Paralympic world European and now Commonwealth Games champion. <laughs> what a career, eh? Hey, it sounds uh, surreal just, you know, when, when you list them out like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not many people get to be a part of like that prestigious club. And I've only, I've only lost one competition. I say lost. I've only not won gold then, let's say, since 2012. And that was my first Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. And I always remember... <laughs> How gutted I was because I wanted to be the that, that athlete that is the reigning para world hero, holding all the titles, you know, and the Commonwealth being such a special one, and um, you know, being being Welsh and that opportunity representing Wales in an integrated team is always a special, special opportunity. So um, yeah, to finally complete the set, I'm I'm buzzing. Um, I've I've achieved everything I want, and I can actually say I've won everything now. <laughs> now let's go back. Let's go back ten years. That, yeah. that special night in London 2012, what, what a games it was. You know, it's, yeah. been a, it's been a whirlwind 10 years for yourself. Like, how has how was life changed for you? Yeah, I mean, 2012 was so unexpected. Um, I came into the sport about uh, power athletics just after Athens 2004. Um, I remember watching friends going to Beijing in 2008 and I just missed out. And um, I remember seeing crowds and, and the atmosphere. I thought, oh, that's that's pretty special, I ain't seen anything like that. Um, I then burst onto the senior kind of scene in 2009, 2010, you know, going, going around, taking some scalps and got my first call up in 2011 to the World Champs. Um, I think I was actually announced after the team. I wasn't in like the first round. It was kind of like, um, so I think someone got injured and I got, caught, I got called up to, to an extent. Um, but yeah, I went out to New Zealand, didn't know what to expect my first IBC World Champs. But, you know, it, it, again, great experience competing against the best in the world but there was no one there you know it was it was the only supporters we had and the atmosphere was the athletes that weren't competing that day um so going into 2012 I had no expectation um I remember watching the Olympics on the TV because we were based out in Portugal beforehand uh, with Nathan Stevens and just seeing the atmosphere of the yard reckon the Paralympics would be like that we're like that no chance um only to you know fly in to be swarmed by fans media and I'll always remember watching that first morning session in athletics, it being sold out with almost 80,000. I could not believe 
what I was witnessing because, you know, it cat- catapulted para sport about 20 years forward. And, you know, that's that's something we could, we you know, I can look at now and appreciate, but at the time I really couldn't. Uh, the, the amount of things 2012 did for para sport was incredible. Um, but yeah, for me, going in on the 31st of August to the shop at my secondary event at the time, um, I think I was ranked eighth or ninth in the world. So for me, it was a, just to try and place higher than I was ranked. Um, to find myself in fourth position in the fifth round and nab the bronze medal in the sixth round was an absolute dream come true. I, I, I had not only achieved my goal of wanting to make a games, I made a home games in London, but I'd also taken a medal. And you know, I remember going back to the village and, and being like so excited but so sad at the same time because I was like I just want to get back out there like you don't realize like how addictive it is being out there in front of this crowd having this huge stage this opportunity to show everyone what you've got uh, and lucky enough I had that opportunity two days later in the discus so for me it was um you know I, I couldn't wait to get back out there and I also had nothing to lose I was fearless um and I also knew that I could take another medal uh what color that would be we we didn't know, I suppose. Um, I was too inexperienced and young to be labelled as a championship performer back then. Um, but I, I came out first round, set the tone, took the lead, held on to it to like the last round. And uh, in throwing, when it gets to the last round, you go in reverse order. So whoever's last will go first. And I was leading the competition in the sixth round. And I remember just going through people like, okay, I'm in the top five, I'm in the top four. Oh, I've guaranteed a medal here. And I was like, oh God, it's going to be silver or gold. Then it, was, it got to... Fazad, um, who was the only guy, or oh, sorry, Zadeh, sorry, the Iranian, the only guy that could actually take gold off me. Um, and I've never heard 80,000 people just go absolutely dead silent. Um, he came around, he hit one, and we were all throwing so close to centre me, isn't it? So it was like a cluster of where everyone's landed. And it landed in the centre of that. He's screaming, he's shouting, because it's it was his fourth lifetime best. Everyone was crying. I couldn't even look. I was just waiting for the scoreboard to come up. And it was obviously a delay because the distance came up and the whole stadium erupted and screams and cheers. I, I was kind of trying to figure out, well, is that, is he not done it? Have I won? And then I see the distance and he, and he hasn't done it. And I, I was like, Oh my God, I've won the Paralympic games. <laughs> you know, like the dream I had of growing up, I've just done it. And I, I'm running over to Anthony Hughes, my coach at the time. And I was just like, what is going on? What is going on? And he was like, you got one more throw, go in there. And I was like, I don't worry. And he's like, just go in and enjoy it. And I thought, you know what? I'm a, I'm a rock star now. I'm loving this. And the whole crowd's <laughs> cheering for me. I remember going in, coming around, absolutely belting it and breaking the European record. Um, it was, it was, and I just, I, I mean, you look back at the footage, I just run across the, the grass, run in front of the crowd, laughing it all up. It was. That's been a speed you know, that I saw, actually. Yeah, I, I know, that. I know. Hey, I'll give you a solid 30, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll give you a solid, but yeah, it was it was just kind of like just embracing that atmosphere, um, and it was special because we were changing perception. No one cared about disability, times, distances, heights. It was more the fact that they saw people on a level playing field being competitive at a high standard, just athletes trying to be the best they can. Um, and I think that changed a lot. And I think when everyone was asking me what was the legacy of 2012, and I, you know, there was so many, but I, I for me, it was just seeing young children around the Olympic Park in like shorts and stuff thinking like I didn't wear a pair of shorts till I was like 16 because I didn't want to show my leg so it was like it's, it's stuff like that for me that was like oh wow these children are now just embracing their disabilities and that's and I think that you know in my opinion was the legacy of that. For sure then that's a great point mate you give me a little bit of a little bit of goosebumps there talking about that that's uh 
what what a what unforgettable moments, you know, unforgettable memories for, yeah. for yourself and your family and your your team around you. Talk a little bit about your disability, uh, what it is, and kind of how that affects you. Yeah, so um, I compete in the F42, F63 category. It used to just be one category, F42, and that was people with a disability um, that affected through the knee um, or above the knee or amputations through the knee or above the knee. Um, so they split it. So the amputees are now in the 60s, so amputee would be a 63, and I'm 42 because I have the leg, but it's, it's, it's affected from the hip down. Um, I was born with a disability called Amelia. So when I was born, my leg was not developed and it was kind of curled around my back and around my neck torsus. Um, so what they had to do, they had to break it in 17 places. Um, and I had just 16, 17 years of manual leg growth um, and Lazara Franks. I didn't have a foot um, and I had lots of plates put in. I had bone taken from my hip to create the lower half of my leg. Um, in today's day and age, because technology is so good, they pretty much amputate it from birth. Um, but obviously back in the early 90s, the techno I know it doesn't seem that long ago, but the technology wasn't nowhere near as good as it is now, you know. Um, uh, so, you know, my, my option for my mum and dad was, well, you know, it might be brutal, but if we can hang on to it, make it work, then let's see what happens. So, you know, I had all the, all the leg lengthening and, you know, I've managed to keep my leg, but unfortunately it has got knock-on effects called me causing me slight uh i got a slant my pelvis got curves to the spine so you know a lot you know longevity and health one day i might have to have further operations but yeah that's that's a quick synopsis of uh my disability and it, and it's, it is incredible to watch because you know for for those of you who watch athletics like shot and discus is very much a kind of rotational movement isn't it so yeah know, to do that with with the disabilities is, is incredible how you've adapted your body to grow how far you have you know that, that actually is a, um, a very interesting point you raised because i remember going to my first classification uh, and i was told that i'd never be able to spin and um, i just didn't have this stability um but i you know i have great sponsors like uh, athletics um who, who basically i told them look is there any way you can make something that locks my leg in i'm not going to give away my secrets but locks my leg in a certain degree angle because this is Literally, the, this is my pivotal point. This is the point I want to work around. This is what I need my leg to do, but I can't do it. So I need something else that's going to help me do it. Um, and, you know, it took years. And I mean, you know, even, even now, we're still fine-tuning it. You know, so you're talking 10 years on. It's taken a long time. Um, I think it was 2010 that I, or 2009 I got, no, actually, no, 2008, I got my first uh, leg brace. Um, and I've had six different ones or seven different ones since because we've adapted and I've grown as an athlete as well. As well, So, you know, it was, it, for me, learning to spin because I was, there was no one in my category that did it. It was a must. I thought, you know what? I know I'm not the biggest. I know I'm not the... The, the most genetically gifted, but I'm fast. And if I can put that speed yeah. into the ring, into a technique, I know I'll throw a lot further than anyone has done. Um, you know, so it, it's been something that we've worked at, me and my team, um, you know, and Ryan Spencer-Jones, my current coach, has just, you know, helped me take it to the next level now. It's, you know, we, we and we've also inspired others in the category because there's about six, six young lads now who are similar to me coming through, very technical, spinning. Um, so we, you know, we were a part of evolving it and, and taking things to the next level, which, you know, is is, I suppose, what everyone should aspire to be in para sport. They're almost like a pioneer within your event. Um, a lot of trials and errors, but uh, yeah, this this spinning element is is what's 
helped me take it to the next level because I've adopted that technique in both um, and I'm starting to execute it very well. I mean, you certainly have. And because of this year, you know, you are <laughs> now, I know this is the one you want to admit, you know, yeah. we've been friends for a long time and I know, you know, Glasgow 2014, it, it was a silver then, but I know <laughs> how much you wanted it, how much of a proud Welshman you, you are. Yeah. And now, you know, Birmingham 2022, you're now the Commonwealth Games champion. Now, how yeah. does that feel? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's been one hell of a journey. And I think coming off 2012, I was like, right, I need to show everyone that it's not just a one-off. So we went to the World Champs next year. We won that. And the European Champs won that. And it was like 2014 came along, right, there's one left, and then we've won everything. You know, we've won everything once. You know? um, and... 2014, I always say, was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, you know, I underestimated, first of all, my opponent within Dan Greaves, who was by far a superior athlete at that time. Absolutely phenomenal thrower. And I underestimated him. You know, I thought I could just walk in there and give him a good run for his money and take that off and get that gold. Um, learned that the hard way. Um yeah, you know, I always say it was the best thing that happened to me because it made me realise that I wasn't the best version of myself. I always remember coming around in that third round in Glasgow and I hit the throw and I screamed and I look around and there's a, there's a picture where I've got my hands up because I'm like, yes, there it is. And it lands at like 45 or 46 metres and that makes me think, wow, okay, that's everything I've got. I connected with that. So it went from instead of dominating and controlling the outcome to thinking, right, I hope nobody throws further than that. And that, and that, that kind of feeling just resonated with me for years, knowing that, right, I wasn't the best I could be. I can't control this outcome. You know, if, I, if I'd gone there and, and, and thrown personal best and felt good and, and come third or fourth even, I would have been happy. I think when you get these opportunities to be on the big stage and you're not the, the best version of yourself, when you've got that opportunity to show everyone what you've got, it, you know, you're only letting yourself down. Um, so, you know, it was one of the, the best losses I had because it made me reevaluate, step back, think, right, how do I make sure that I never feel like this again? You know, and every morning, you know, as much as I hated looking at a silver medal, I made sure I did. You know, there were some dark days in that in that winter going into 2015, 2016, where I was looking at that going, you never want to feel like this again. So for, for me, like, it was just, right, work hard. And obviously it, it worked out for the best because I made a lot of changes, got a good team around me, went on to win uh, seven world titles, three Paralympic goals now. Uh, and then of course the one that I never thought I'd get my hands on again because you know for people who don't know the Commonwealth Games um, it's, it's only started being integrated probably since 2010 2014 um, so when I was in 2014 Glasgow uh, there was probably three or four para events um, and, I, and I I mean you were in Gold Coast um, so you know you, you, you know like there was more and more events going in but the whole nation's kind of play to their strengths as you would you know you'd want to put in something that you're, you're and there's like a million para events so like the whole nation's always saying oh if we've got a medal we'll stick one of our guys in there um so there was no um southern hemisphere kind of guys in my in my uh, event at the time so i you know I, I thought that this opportunity was going to be the one that got away um and for me after 2012 as well they reshuffled the program and sole focus went on shot but so i spent seven eight years just doing shot and I saw that this opportunity was on the horizon of throwing discus 
at the Commonwealth Games in 2022, uh, back in 2020, actually, um, or 2019 even. But obviously, we had that massive span in the works, COVID, which uh, everyone thoroughly enjoyed. Um and knocked everything on. So for me, you know, that, that kind of got put in the back burner. I literally was just focusing on uh, trying to be self-sufficient and somehow win gold at the Paralympics in Tokyo from my back garden, um, which every athlete was kind of doing at the time. Um, but we did that job. And then it was like, right, I'm not really like this, but we've got 10 months to switch event, shift a few kgs, and get a bit more strength specific in another event in, within discus. So, you know, I think I've seen a different side of myself this last winter. Like I've managed to find another gear um, and, you know, I'm pushing myself hard and ever. Like I'm, I'm stronger and I'm quicker than I've ever thought I could be. Technically, I'm still improving and there's still gains to be made. And I've come out this year and I've run 56-21, which is is further than most of the category above as well. So to be one of the furthest Paralympic discus throwers of uh, all time and obviously eclipse my world record, it gave me great confidence going into the Commonwealth Games that I was in a place that, you know, even though you know I might not be fine at all cylinders, I could probably do well here. Um, just because of all the hard work I did, and you know, I, I you know, because I, I, I was chasing that world record for 54, 55, 56 meters going to the Commie Games, um, you know, I did get a bit overloaded because we just did so much work in so little time. So I, you know, I did pick up this little uh, problem in my pelvis, which you know we tried to manage. Lost a lot of stretch reflex, um, and it got worse as towards the games. And I was just like typical, and it like in the shape of my life. And I get this little niggle, last hurdle. It's always the case, but if it was easy, everyone would be doing it right. Um, so yeah, I was. Yeah, I managed that. Luckily, I had Adam uh, Rattenbury, uh, Ollie, and, and, and good people around me within Team Wales that were just just making sure I stayed on that straight and narrow. And um, you, you know, we we kind of worked what we got with um, and held it together. And, yeah, it was, you know, I can say now, my worst performance of the year by far. Um, but when it comes to championship performing, it, it really doesn't matter. No one's going to remember the time, no one's going to remember the distance, no one's going to remember the height. You know, it's, it's all about those positions. And for me, it was making sure I came home. We wanted to go in there round one and, and set the tone and put the competition to bed. Um, and we did that. And then we built on it, built on it, and pushed it away from everyone else. And obviously, it was it was a really, a really special moment then that, I could sit back and write, I think, yeah, I've got this. Let's just make sure we get Harrison on that podium and see two Welsh flags up there now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and you mentioned Harrison. And overall, no Team Wales, 28 medals overall. And a fantastic representation from, from para-athletes, um, from para-athletes, wasn't yeah. it? Yourself. I mean, I might be, I might be biased. <laughs> yeah, I might be, I'm sorry. Like, I might be biased, but I think that's, it's really important to, you know, mm. highlight that, you know, as an athletics team, we came away with the medals all on the para-athletic side, which shows, sure. you know, how much of a force our para-athletes are here in Wales. You know, people like yourself as well, we have such big, you know, we're a big contingency of that British team. So, it, you know, I've got to take my hats off to all those para guys for Wales that are just absolutely smashing it. For sure. And I think, you no, know, it's, it's, it's people and athletes like yourself, mate, who who inspire everyone like myself back home here in Wales to, to be the best that we can be and to punch well above our weight. You know, we got James Ball in the paracycling, you know, even, even newly new, new, new athletes like Lily Rice winning a bronze in, the, yeah. in swimming, you know, it, it's, 
it's it's what you guys are doing leading from the front that kind of brings us all on to 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 be ins- to inspire us to be like you you know and to be the best we can be well, thank you thank you very much man. it means a lot it really does i mean it's, it's not something that i set out to do uh, you know inspire or whatnot it's obviously a very humbling thing when people say you've been part of that um but you know i look back at previous games where i've been the the only kind of para athlete in the team um you know and even in just ambulant throws we have three para athletes for this games um two on the side that were almost you know qualified as well so you know they know that we have the strength and depth and and it's great to you know see people like james ball as well who i've grown up with you know he's been putting in a shift for a long time you know always always the bridesmaid as, as he would say and then he just finally comes through and shows like everyone how he's done and i was just so proud about that like the guy's an absolute beast and of course you've got major stars like lily um which is exciting because they're the future right they're the they're the people that are going to come through and, and let me hang up my shoes and call it a day. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Like I'm, I'm hoping that you know when I'm done, there is several athletes in Wales that are bringing home Paralympic gold medals and, and are doing what you know what we are kind of doing for them. Um, so you know it's it, it's it's incredible to see the hunger within Welsh athletes. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, but even athletes like yourself and how much you know i can see how much you've wanted how work how hard you've worked over the years and even though you've had barriers come up and, and things arise that were, is enough to make everyone go i'm done you know this is not for me you've still managed to find a way to come through and that perseverance is and resilience is 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 inspiring to me as well do you know what i mean i want to be i'm like look at these guys they ain't giving up and you, you're you're at the top of your game so i you, you got to keep pushing too so it's 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 awesome. We got a great kind of. There's something in the water here, Wales. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, it can't be that Welsh water. And you got also. You can also beat is that Welsh national anthem. You know, standing oh, yeah. on you. You stood on that podium a lot, a lot many a times. And <laughs> you know, to stand up there as alongside another uh, uh, Swansea boy, a Swansea yeah. Jack Harrison Walsh. How was it to to stand on that podium and? Uh, and hear that national anthem. Oh, I it, I think growing up, you know, unfortunately, it was always rugby, right? We always watched rugby. I know it's more like rugby and football these days because those guys are, have taken off. But I always remember watching rugby growing up and seeing the boys at the start come together and sing that national anthem. I thought, oh, how amazing would it be to be, to sing him love and hard on a podium one day? It was one of those childhood things I always sort of dreamt about, always wanted. Never thought I'd see it, but. Oh, I tell you what, it's the first thing I thought about as soon as I won. And, and we were quite lucky because we won on like the, we did our job like on the Wednesday night, but I'm pretty sure the medal summary was the following, it was the start of the Thursday night session. So we had a full 24 hours almost to digest what had happened, soak in the glory and then go back out into the stage to receive a medal. Um, but oh, it was it was insane. Like, even though it was in Birmingham, it felt like a whole chance for the amount of Welsh flags there. And the, 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 there was support galore. But I remember being in the tunnel before we went out and I turned to H and, you know, me and Harrison, we have, we have great, like, banter. We get along so well. And uh, even though, you know, we compete against each other, you know, we're like brothers out there and, and you know, we're not going to probably get the opportunity to compete against each other again. So it's 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 good that we, we can actually support each other. Um, and I remember saying, mate, I am 
belting this out. I am screaming this out at the top of my lungs. I don't care how it sounds. If I sound drunk, like I should be on Caroline Street at four in the morning, I don't even care. I was like, and he was like, yeah, I'm doing it with you. And obviously <laughs> we stood up, we get the ceremony, Helen Phillips gives us the medal, which is obviously incredible as well. Um, and then we turn and the flags are going up and it's just like, bye! <laughs> I was literally belting it out. It was, oh, what a special moment. But to see everyone there, their Welsh flags joining in as well, um, it's something I'm going to cherish forever. It's going to live with me forever because um, such a patriotic Welshman, proud of my heritage. Wales is so close to my heart. And I felt like I owed this to Wales, to be honest, after everything he's given me over the last 10, 12 years. Mate, and Wales is proud of you. I'm proud of you. You know, everyone at Disability Sport Wales is extremely proud of what, what you've done, not, not just this year, but your whole career. I guess my final question for you is, you know, what advice would you give to the next generation who may be just starting their, their uh, journey? Well, first of all, thank you very much. Um, like I say, I don't really aim to inspire, but if I can show people that there is a pathway um, and you know, there is a life and, and the benefits of sport and how it can be applied to different kind of sectors, then we're on to a winner. But I think for me, I was always, I was always afraid to disappoint, you know, I was always afraid to lose. Um, and when my attitude changed to being the best I, I, you know, version of myself, it was all about kind of making sure that I didn't worry about the competition and, and the people I was going against. It was always like, well, you can only do, can we control what you do? can't control what other people do so in, and i apply that when it comes to competitions but i make sure that i just execute what i can do and i focus on myself when it comes to training but i think the biggest bit of advice i could give the next generation is and i just because i've been guilty of it it's just never let a, a win go to your head or like a loss to your heart because it's easy to beat yourself up um when things don't go to plan but it's also easy to get carried away when you know they do go to plan so it's, it's important to remain in touch, humble with your team, uh, that you're, you always have aspirations um, and targets and things to work towards. Uh, I just think it's, it's important to enjoy it. it it's, it goes so fast. We were here talking about 10 years ago and I feel like yesterday, me and you were on a bus going to like the DSC juniors in Blackpool or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's crazy how quick time goes and, and it's so special and you get to do so many great things, travel in the world, meet incredible people, work with incredible people, meet, meet people with disabilities you never even thought existed that can do things. I remember the first time I met a double arm amputee watching them eat their food with cutlery with their, with their feet. Like it's little things like that. I was just like, wow, this is incredible. Like you just get, you just gives you a bit of perception and makes you realize that um, you're very lucky in this life. So, yeah, for me, it would be, don't let a win go to your head and a loss to your heart. Beautifully said, mate. No. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us on the show, Al. It, it's been a fantastic insight into, into you and your success and your you know, incredible achievements. So, you know, on behalf of myself, this is for Wales, and I wish you all the luck for, for whatever's next for Ali Sean Davis. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, mate. And thank you to yourself and, and everyone at DSW over the years and their support and the great work that they keep doing because um, it's, it's crucial. It really is. So um, thank you so much. And uh, hopefully I can continue to bring you back some shiny medals. Thanks so much, mate. And uh, thank you for those listening and watching. 
what an incredible episode. I, I hope you all enjoyed and uh, I'll see you on the next Disability Sport Wales podcast. Hi, I'm Ali Sean Davis and you're listening to the Disability Sport Wales podcast.